Today's Vision Sunday, and uh, we do Vision Sunday twice a year. We do, uh, this is, we officially do Vision Sunday once a year, which is at the beginning of the year, um, although we didn't do it at the first Sunday of the year, because the first Sunday of the year we wanted to worship God, and so we had Worship Sunday, First Fruits, Give It to God in worship last Sunday, but then we we're talking about, all right, where are we, what are we about, where's God taking us, that kind of thing, but we also tend to do a Vision uh, vision type Sunday on rally day in, in the fall, which is the beginning of the school year. Uh, cause there's kind of like two starts to the year, isn't there? Um, there's like school year and January are two completely different kind of starts to the year. So we check in on both those times and it's a, it's a way to kind of refocus us as far as reminding us all together. What are we actually about? What's God called us to? Who are we? Where are we headed? What does it look like is coming? And, uh, there's no visionary leader who sets the vision other than the one who died on the cross, okay? There's one person who leads this church, and that's Jesus. He says he gives his gift to people. Even in the leadership realm, in Ephesians 4, he talks about five different kinds of gifts for just leaders, you know? And then there's the church where everyone is designed to do the work of God. And so there's one person who's the head. Everybody's joined and held together by the supporting ligaments that leads them up into the head, which is Christ. So when we have a vision Sunday, we hope and pray this is not the vision of myself or of any other leaders at this church. We want this to be the vision of Jesus and Jesus alone. That's it. Amen? I don't know about you, but I don't feel like following people when it comes to faith. I feel like following God, you know? And so uh, most of Vision Sunday is just a reflection of what the scriptures already say about what, uh, what God says for his church. Then we say prayerfully, how does that apply to the situations that we're currently in and what's God leading us as a church to how to apply that? So um, that's uh, what our intention is today. And um, before we get started, th- th- there's this kid who, um, her dad was a preacher, and she always saw him when he walked up to the pulpit. Right before he started, he would bow his head, and then he'd start preaching. And she said to him, um, Dad, why do you always bow your head before you, why do you stop right before you preach? And he said, because I'm praying that God will bless the message and that he'll give a good message. And then she said, why doesn't he answer your prayers? ouch we hope and pray that um that that god consistently speaks to us and in the midst of a vision sunday what happens at a vision sunday is very different than taking the word and proclaiming it the normal kind of feeding that happens on the word of god it's a very different thing some people really need to know where are we going What, what what are we about who are we where are we going other people don't seem to really care i have one boy each way in my family. One boy's like, so like, what are we doing? Where are we going? You know, and needs to know. The other one's kind of like, whatever, you know, and just kind of floats with it. And that's the way we are in the church. It takes all kinds. It takes some of us who are just like at ease and we're just kind of flowing with it and seeing being present in the moment. But it also takes those who are saying like, wait, what are we about? And checking it against the scriptures and saying like, uh, where, what's next steps and all that. And it takes all of that to keep the body of Christ functioning. So if you're the kind of person who's like, I need to know who we are, what we're about, where we're headed, then today's a Sunday where you're going to be like, yay. And if, if you're the person who's like, I just want to like experience God in the moment, hopefully you will experience God in the moment of this. But it's a break from our normal, our normal time. So, okay, with all of that said, um, I, uh, I, I want to just talk through some basics first, and this isn't a long, 
uh, talk today. Famous last words, but seriously, it's not. Um, this isn't, it wasn't at the first service anyway. Um, so um, the, the basics of, that are generic that apply to the whole church, I believe, but we uh, name them uniquely in our unique way here. Um, first of all, our purpose as a church, why do we exist? Why does the church exist? What's the point of the whole thing? Why do we exist? What's our answer to that? Glorify God? Yeah. Everybody turn your head to the right. All the way over. There's brown letters right in the middle that say we exist to reveal God's nature and to delight in his, Dave, your head's in our way, <laughs> presence. <laughs> It's right behind you. So uh, we, re- we exist to reveal God's nature and to delight in his presence. That's why we exist. Another way of saying that would be we exist to glorify God and enjoy him forever. That's what the catechism says. We, we, decide to, we exist to glorify God and enjoy him forever. We exist to reveal God's nature. That's how we glorify God. We reveal the very nature of God, and then we delight in his presence. In, in Genesis, in the beginning of Genesis, when he created Adam and Eve, he said he created them together in his image. Each of them were uniquely in his image, but they couldn't fully embody his image until they came together. It reflects the triune nature of God, where many become one, where different parts become one. That's a black and white picture of God. When you fast forward to Ephesians and you get to Ephesians chapter 3, and it says, the secret that's been hidden for ages past is now revealed, and the manifold wisdom of God is being revealed. And that is this that all those who are many can come together and be one inside the church. So it's not just male and female. It's all the different gifts and personalities and the different kinds of, of people, races, ages, all of that. Economics can come together and be one inside of Christ. That's where in Galatians verses there, there uh, is now therefore neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female. Like all of the things that distinguish us from each other, In Christ, there's an ability to see Christ in Christ alone. And that's when the manifold wisdom of God, it's not just a black and white picture of two people coming together and being one. It's a multifaceted, full living color picture of God being uh, revealed, his nature being revealed. In order for that to happen, first things have to be first. And the first thing that we are all called to do without any question, there's no question about this in the scripture, is to love the Lord our God with everything we got. This is called first love. And that's that thing in Ephesians. You can get everything else right, but if you lose your first love, forget about it. That's what it's about. Forget about it. <laughs> that's, the, that's the most important thing, is to delight in his presence, to stay connected to the vine. The fruit, his character revealed through us, his nature, the way we care for each other, all of that is fruit that the Holy Spirit produces through us. It's not our work. It's his work. But the way that spirit flows is when we stay connected to the vine. And the way we stay connected to the vine is we have a personal connected relationship with God where we are engaging in him, making him our first priority, pursuing him with our lives more than we're pursuing everything else. And as we pursue God, we will find everything else will work out. Everything else will work out, but we have to pursue him. That's true not just of uh, local church, but it's true of, or it's not just true of individuals, but it's true of the church as well. That as a church, we have to make it our first primary priority to pursue God, not to get the work of the church done, not to engage the missions, not to do all of this and that. The first thing is we have to tend our relationship with God. First thing. Okay, so we exist to reveal God's nature, and that will happen as we delight 
in his presence, okay? Um, that's why we exist. Now, the mission, how we go after that, our, our identity, who are we, who are we as a people in that process? Who are we? Who are we at PFC? Our letters are the uh, alliteration of that. What's that? People following Christ. We are a people following Christ. Everybody turn to the left. Look at the sign there. We are a people following Christ. Our identity, who we are, we exist to reveal God's nature and delight in his presence. In the process, we are a people following Christ because he's the head of the body. Okay? And what happens when we reveal the nature of God is this isn't just like some machinery where he puts us, like uh, when you go to, the, um, to a factory and there's a manufacturing line that kicks out products that look like God. No, it's not like that. It's, we're a family. We're a family is what we are. And when you come and hang out with the family and you're born of God, you begin to display the characteristics of God. And as we hang out with each other, we start to reveal God. And we together start to look like God. It's a family. And the head of the body, the leader of our family, is Jesus. He's the firstborn among creation. He puts on display for us how we follow him. So everything that we do is follow Jesus. Everything that we do, as we exist for revealing the nature and delighting in his presence, our job in that is to follow him with everything we got. Follow Jesus. That's that connecting to the vine. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If we want to abide in him, delight in his presence, we're connecting to Jesus. We're people, a people together corporately following Christ. We are each individuals following Christ, but as a church, we're a people. We're to be a body, a family of people following Christ. Our mission, how we do that, we do it in three directions. We pursue God in three ways. What are the three ways? Up, in, and out. There's cheat sheets everywhere. They're written on the walls. You can just turn to the left again, and it says, a people following Christ up toward him, in toward one another, out toward the world around us. Okay? And so as we pursue Christ, when we go out to mission, we're not out just pursuing people. We're going toward people and toward the world around us. But what are we actually pursuing? Jesus, because he says, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. He says, so have you done to the least of these brothers of mine? You've done unto me. We want to find Jesus. We've got to get in mission because he's out there. And we encounter God when he's out there. And that whole thing that Boyd was talking us through when he's sending people out into Pottstown to go out and experience something, that's not for the purpose of just seeking and saving that which is lost. That's true. But that's a secondary purpose because the reason that we're seeking and saving that which is lost is because Jesus is seeking and saving that which is lost. And if we want to encounter Jesus and know Jesus, we've got to go with him into mission. And in the same way, when it comes to interacting with each other, we don't go into fellowship just to, to kind of like, I need brothers and sisters, so I want to connect with you. That actually leads to a very unhealthy thing in church called codependence, where we get to a place where I'm expecting from you what I need in my faith. Uh-uh, Jesus is the one who provides everything. When I come into the church, my primary objective is not to receive, but to give. Because I'm filled up with the presence of God. But I am called to actually engage these relationships. And when I do, I come in expecting to engage God, not just people. Because it says the love of God in 1 John 4, 12, it says the love of God has never been, that God has never been seen. But when we love one another, the love of God is made manifest among us. God reveals himself as we love one another. And as we engage, so as we follow Christ in, that's, that's how we engage him in. Up just means we're worshiping and praying and going after him in the typical kind of spiritual connection with God. Those are generic things about the church. 
We all exist as a church to reveal God's nature, delight in his presence, to uh, have the family identity and to reveal that. We do that by pursuing Jesus in those three directions. Now, with that said, I want to talk about where we live here and, uh, and, and where we worship here at Parker Ford Church. Uh, we have a verse that I want to be on the screen. This is found in Matthew chapter 6. And uh, this is a very, very, very important verse to understand how life operates here at Parker Ford Church and our understanding of how we follow Jesus. So if we look at Matthew chapter 6, 33, you probably already know this, but seek first, if you know it, say it with me. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. That was in the KJV. I said shall there. That was Bible club back in the day. Um, And this verse is so essential to understanding how we interpret pursuit of Jesus. Because we believe that Jesus' desire, in his prayer, he says, he teaches us to pray, your kingdom come and your will be done. Jesus preached about the kingdom of God more than he preached about anything else. This is what he taught about all the time, was the establishment of his kingdom. In the kingdom of God, There is not a whole bunch of churches. There is one church. That's it. Ephesians makes it super clear. There is only one church. So in God's mind, we see there's this church and this church and this church and this church. God doesn't see that. He just doesn't see it because it's not reality. In his mind, there's one church. That's all there is, you know? And so when it comes to how we build the kingdom of God, to only think in terms of Parker Ford Church doesn't make any sense. That's not kingdom thinking. We have to think in terms of we are part of a movement of God, of people who submit themselves as vassals to the king. And he has leadership that he wants to establish in our lives and in his body across our land. A king sets up his kingdom in the land and he reigns over the land. So when it comes to what we pursue in the kingdom of God here at Parker Ford Church, this is what we're looking for. A powerful, sustained, generational movement of God all across our land where people submit themselves and give themselves to the leadership of Jesus Christ. And we say, you are in charge, and life is good when you're in charge. We want you more than we want everything else. So we want to know you, we want to walk with you, we want to submit to you, we want to honor you. And we believe that's not just for us at Parker Ford Church, but that's for every other church that's around us. And we believe it's for the people of God across our land. And so when it comes to how we pursue God, we do everything we can to enjoy and help pleasing God by helping to establish his kingdom. And that means that uh, our prayers are not just for ourselves here at Parker Ford Church. They're beyond. That our activity is not just for ourselves. It's beyond. And we look for that. And we look for it to be generational across time where God will do that for our children and our children's children because that's what we believe the kingdom of God is about. Specific at Parker Ford Church within that, I believe that we, there's pictures. This would be vision the vision, so on Vision Sunday, we had our purpose. We exist to reveal God's nature, delight in his presence. We have our identity of people following Christ. We have our mission. We pursue him up, in, and out. Okay, over here, if you need to look at the beliefs, uh, there's, there's other things over here about our beliefs that you can check out later. But um, the vision is regionally to see a movement of God where we see people turn to God and churches turn to God. Specifically, there are pictures that God is, uh, six years ago when Josh and I came here um, and we 
and we started uh, moving toward this uh, replant at Parker Ford Church. One of the pictures that God actually, the year before, as I kept praying over the church, the picture that I kept seeing every time I would pray in my mind, that what I was imagining as I prayed was it was dark, it was nighttime, and this, uh, I always forget the name of the thing, it's not a steeple, what's the name of the thing up on top of the cupola? Belvedere, Belvedere, okay, Belvedere, like Mr. Belvedere. Um, so the Belvedere um, that, that was up, that's up above the church, I would always, in my mind as I was praying, I, there, I don't know if you've ever driven past the church at night and there's light that's kind of like coming out from the Belvedere, and I would picture that that light, there would be creatures being people, but they were acting more like creatures, kind of like crawling out of darkness, being drawn to the warmth. Jen and I... Um, uh, we just moved into this, to our, our new home uh, this fall, and there were so many things we were excited about, about moving in the home, but one of the things that we underestimated uh, that uh, was really cool about the house, and we didn't know how cool it was, was there's this potbelly coal stove. And the coolest thing is that there's three rooms in the house that have folding doors that contain the, the place where the potbelly stove is. So you close those folding doors, and you get this little potbelly ripping, and it gets super warm in those three rooms. And guess what happens? Our whole family finds our way into this space, you know, and huddles around, and we come into that place, and we're drawn to that place. And like moth is drawn to the flame, you know? That's kind of how, and so we want the fa- cold day like this, if I want the family together, start the fire. Next thing you know, we'll find ourselves near the warmth. And this is exactly what the church of God is supposed to be. That as we tend the fire of our relationship with God, as God's presence dwells with us, as we are warmed by the glow of his light, we come out of the darkness and we find healing in the family of God as our Father is there with us speaking words of kindness and healing and restoration and he's restoring our souls. And as we tend that relationship and tend that fire, it will become magnetic to the point where other people continue to want to become a part of that. And that's exactly what is and has been happening at Parker Ford Church. We've seen that happening by the grace of God. He has revealed his presence more and more in this place. And many people have found nurture and healing by God's presence in this place. Not because there's any specific leader who knows how to do this. And not just because somebody knows because Tim can preach well. Or because this person can lead worship well. Or because Josh is not just waving his hands like Mike Morby said. But actually bringing content to the, to the church. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not about any of us. It's not about Apollos. It's not about Paul. It's not about any of those things. It's about Jesus. And when Jesus is present and we know and we're opening our doors and he's standing at the door and knocking and we're opening up our doors, when his presence is felt and, and, and made welcome in a place, people want to be there. Like that coal stove, you know? We want to be there. And it starts to change the way the family operates and we start to reveal his nature. And we're like, I want to be a part of that, you know? And so it's drawing people out of darkness into the warm glow of God's presence. And that's vision number one of what it is that God has placed, I believe, specifically on Parker Ford Church. Secondarily, is that after people are filled up with that, as they begin to become filled with light, as the way we thought over here, hauling up in the corners of darkness, having to defend ourselves against whatever's around us, holding things tightly, and then we begin to come into the warm glow and our hearts get more generous 
and we become more worshipful and thankful and we go to ease and rest and God transforms us, what ends up happening at that point is that gathered together, we, as we experience that glow, God fills us up with his glory and then he sends us. And that's where we have this image of the firefly army where God sends us out. And I, I remember praying, the one time I was praying and seeing all of a sudden out of the windows of the church start coming all of these little fireflies coming out and going into the darkness. And the ambient light in our land started to get brighter. You know, it was less darkness. The atmosphere started to change. There was more of a sense of God's glory all around because of the fact that those who had experienced God's presence were taking that into their families and they're shaping their families that way and teaching the truth to their kids. They're going to their workplace and they're standing their ground for what's right and they're praying for those who are next to them. And, and the way that people are engaging their neighbors has the character of God in it. And there's joy and there's peace that people are carrying to their sphere of influence. Eventually, that'll start to grow dim. I mean, we've got to tend it on our own to keep it bright all throughout the week, but you need to recharge that. So you come back and gather together and, and get around the family fire again. But there's that, that in and out nature of it. Um, and so those are the pictures that I believe specifically uh, are, are how we view ourselves and what we look for at uh, Parker Ford Church, what we understand God's vision for us to be at Parker Ford Church. Now, a few practical things. In order to keep those things alive and that vision alive, God is working at that. But there's two basic things that we have to do in, on our end in pursuit of those. One is, like we've said all through this thing, we have to tend the relationship itself. When, if we want to see a movement of God, then we have to be open to God. Being open to God is not easy. Any of us know this. It's great on paper to say, I'm going to get up in the morning and I'm going to read my Bible and I'm going to pray. I'm going to come to church. We can have all the great intentions. But the actual work of being close and tending our relationship with God, there is not anything in this world that is a harder fought battle. Because there is not anything in this world that Satan will try to destroy more than that ligament right there, the one that's called the neck that connects us to the head. Man, does he want it. This is what the enemy wants to do. He wants to choke us right at the neck, you know? He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And the main thing he wants to destroy is us loving the Lord our God with everything we got and that relationship. So we have to work at that. We have to work at it individually, tending that relationship with God. But we also have to work at it corporately because a church can very, very easily tend church without tending the relationship with God. Um, a couple of years ago, Josh um, spent, we gave, uh, Josh spent his whole time of 2012 praying, most of his time of 2012 praying, walking the streets of Pottstown praying. We empowered him to just go pray, just go pray. And that's what he did all day, just go and pray. And when he did, uh, he said, I've discovered something as I've prayed all over Pottstown that the most neglected people or persons or institution of all the things that are neglected in Pottstown, there is one thing that is neglected far more than anything else, and that's God. God is the most neglected individual in all of Pottstown. May that never, ever, ever be said about Parker Ford Church. I ask that if there is one characteristic that would define our church, I would hope and pray that it would be like, those people don't seem to care about anything at all except God. Like, that's all they seem to care about is whatever God wants is what they want. All they want is to be with God. They forget. Like, if, if, if someone wants to accuse us of not caring about anything else but God, I'm kind of okay with that, you know? If we truly do pursue God, it will result in us caring for all sorts of other things. 
That will happen. As we seek first the kingdom of God, the other things will be added to it, okay? So we have to tend that. Um, we, uh, we're looking at, in 2015 here, um, God's going to be doing something else with us, a couple other things with us with prayer in Pottstown. One of those is particularly Josh has a, Josh has a specific call to, to pray this way um, over, over our land. And so I, I think God's um, stirring in Josh. He's talked to us as the church board and as other leaders that he wants to kind of start a place of prayer or some kind of work of prayer in Pottstown that helps bring churches together in prayer. Um, so we're looking at something along those lines in 2015. Another thing that's happening was really cool. On Thursday, I was meeting with a bunch of pastors in the area, and we were, uh, what we're planning on doing is either in May or September, most likely, we're going to try to rent. Um, we're not doing it during the summer. So we're either doing it right before the summer or right at the end of the summer. And you can pr- uh, pray for us as far as the decision that we have to make around that. But what we're going to try to do is we're going to try to rent Sunnybrook. You know Sunnybrook down there on High Street across from the hospital. And we're going to rent that space on a Friday night, and we're going to bring all these churches together, and we're going to have a time of prayer where we say, we are, the, we are your church, and we're seeking your face together. And we believe that you're king over our land, and you're king over your kingdom. So come be present. And we're going to seek him together, and we're going to pray for him together. It's going to be a big prayer gathering that we're going to do together. Um, and the, the pastors were just stoked about this, just pumped about that, you know, coming together and praying together. The fact that God is unifying his church in prayer is an awesome thing. That continues to say, God be with us. Continue to keep that fire tended, that, that fire burning so that the warmth is there, the transformation of hearts is there, the movement of God's spirit continues to happen among us, and so we tend that. But as God moves, and as people are drawn to God's movement, and as people's lives are transformed, we actually, there's another piece, and this is the second part of it, is that we have to learn how to care for that, how to steward that. Because what can very easily happen is um, with, with a fire, um, you know, they'll just burn out. And, um, and you do have to tend them, so you have to actually tend to the fire. But you also need the container that helps tend it. You know, so we actually have a stove there that helps keep that all in place and working properly. And um, Jesus talks about this. He says, there's, if there's new wine, then you need new wineskins or containers to hold that. And when God's glory is revealed in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he said there needs to be clay pots that are the containers of his glory. There's always a need for the containers. And the containers have to do with the practices, how... Do we, are we living in personal relationship with Jesus, keeping our practices going? Are we caring for all, all the practices of the church? Those are partially containers, but there's also the framework in which we exist. So uh, we realize that um, as much as God does across our land and in our region and across his kingdom, every time that someone comes to Jesus, every time someone comes into this church, they still need specific attention, Right? I mean, we can talk about the grandeur of God building his kingdom, but if people flock to the flame, if an orphan comes off the streets and walks into a home needing attention and and they kind of try to find scraps of food and everything, that's fine and that's good. They might be getting more food. And if they tuck themselves in the corner of that house and, and find warmth under the shelter, that's cool and that's good. They're getting something. But if we want that child, that orphan, to develop into a fully functioning human being, they need parents who are going to tend and care for them. And so when it comes to a movement of God, if we expect God to move profoundly in our region, then we also have to be structured to handle that. One of the pastors who I've been praying with, he said this the other day. It was awesome. He said, 
I keep praying for God's blessing. I keep praying, God, we need your blessing. Come on, just bring your blessing. And he said, this thought came to my mind. And I just had this thought that God was saying back to me, if you're praying for rain, you better start digging ditches. You know? And I think that's the case, is sometimes we pray for God to move, but we don't prepare ourselves to receive the blessing of what God has. And if we pray for God's presence and a profound movement of God to take place in people's lives, then we also have to be willing and able and prepared to handle the movement that God is doing in people's lives, to lead them and guide them and nurture them and support them. And that takes shepherding and it takes friendships and it takes the personal teaching people personal practices in their own life. And that's a whole lot of work. And so we need God to continue to raise up uh, uh, not only individuals to do that, but a structure in which that makes sense. So we've been talking for a little while about a new organizational structure. That's what we're waiting, the teaching the word um, report that's coming back to us that Josh Hostetter talked about has to do with the structure. Some of you were at a, a, a vision night that we had not too long ago where I um, talked, it's actually getting longer ago now, where I talked about an, a proposed new organizational structure. And the point of the structure is that it's a structure where we expect friendships to work in our relationship with God, leaders to help support people, deacons who can take care of all the things that are needed. You know, like if you have an orphanage and you have people coming and, and, and joining a family, it means that there's more dishes and there's more beds to make and there's more insurance to pay and there's all that stuff, right? And so as God continues to bless with a movement, it's not only the caring for the individuals that needs to happen, it's also the support of the logistics that need to happen. So you have deacons taking care of logistics, you have uh, shepherds who are caring for individuals and, and for uh, relationships, but then you also need elders who are spiritually covering the whole thing. One of the biggest things that we're looking for in 2015 is for the establishment of that organizational structure and the raising up of all the people who uh, can find their right place within it. And first and paramount within all of that is that God would establish an awesome elder team. That, uh, and, and we need that because right now we're kind of running as pastors, acting as elders too. We have a couple other elders, but we really need to get up and running with a fully functioning elder team. And I anticipate and I'm excited about God bringing that to fruition in 2015 and establishing all of those different positions in our church that can allow us to move along with the movement of the Spirit that he's doing among us. So um, that's really the picture. There's one other piece that's attached to all that. How many of you have ever come to our church at the beginning of second service and had a hard time parking? Nice. I see that hand. Yes, I see that hand. Yeah. Um, we have struggled with parking. And uh, the reason we've struggled with parking is because the Spirit of God is moving and people are connecting to the church. And that's awesome. But that means that the wine skin, if it doesn't expand, is going to burst, right? And it doesn't work. And there are times, certain services that we've come in here, especially when the kids are all in with us, where you're like, where do I sit? You know? And that type of thing. We're getting a little full, and that's good. We're thinking ahead. And also because we really believe that God has designed it, we've been thinking and talking for a while now about a building project. And this is going to be happening because God's declared it for us, really. You know, he said that this, he's made it clear to a bunch of people that this is the way we're supposed to go. But that's a, that's a big effort, you know, and that's a big deal. Um, but God's a big God, so not really worried about it. And if you're a family and God's doing all this stuff, then you need to have a house for the family. And that needs to be a house that has all the right kinds of rooms in it. And if we're going to see God do something with our youth and continue, continue the expansion of our children's ministries and all of that, this space that we're in right now doesn't belong to us. It belongs to them. 
You know, because this is made to be a multi-purpose room, one that you can throw footballs in and one that you can chase other kids in and one that you can play games in and all that. That's what this room was designed for and that's what it's made for and it's going to be awesome when it happens. There's another room that is already designed but not built and that one is made just for us and God. That's a sacred place. It's like, you know, in our house, there's, there's rooms that are designed for certain things, like the bathroom, you know? <laughs> and then there's other rooms that are designed for other things. But there's a sacred place in our house. The boys will not walk into our bedroom without knocking on the door first. Because that's our space. That's for us. And in this church, we're going to establish a place that's about worship. It's about dad. It's about God. It's the sacred. It tends the delight in the presence. It tends that up in our worship of Jesus. It keeps that connection with the vine. When it comes to how we gather together, we have a place in our building that says, this exists for one purpose, for your people to meet with you. And we're going to have a prayer room that's about intercession in there. And so that's what that's about. But that's going to take money. It's going to take money. It's going to take sacrifice on our behalf because family's got to be all in on that thing. But even more than that, it's going to take prayer. And it's going to take saying, God, you've called this out. You've called all of this out that we're talking about. That's a big vision. But he's a much bigger God, a much bigger God. And so we lean into him and say, God, establish your kingdom in our land. Establish a movement among us where people are drawn to your warmth, where they're transformed, they're sent out, and they raise the ambient level of glory in our world. And we see prayer being established, and we see ministry being established, and we are a home that continues generationally to create the space where that's not just happening as a short flame that burns out, but our children and our children, ch- children's children continue to see that established. Where the Word of God is placed in there, the Spirit of God is tended, and we see God move over a long period of time to build His kingdom. And then we have a house here at Parker Ford Church that can help us play our part in that whole process. Can you agree with me about that vision? Awesome. Thank you. Let's pray. Father God, we give you honor and glory. That was a little longer than I actually anticipated from first service, but I thank you and praise you, God, for the fact that it takes that much time to talk about the amount of stuff that you can do. And we're not even close to what you can do, but what it is that you're actually saying we can do by your power. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So we lean into you, Jesus. We look forward to seeing more of what you did. And, I, you know, we said that in our, our worship time in our, our last Sunday, we celebrate all that you did in 2014. But it's line upon line, precept upon precept. What you've done, now establish the next day. We look forward to it. And, uh, and we want to go with you in faith. In the name of Jesus, amen.